lot of heavy breathing. A lot of heavy breathing going. That's right. Uh, all right, we're back uh, to another episode of Life Behind Beer, a podcast by Iron Horse Brewery. This is our 30th episode. Oh, episodes, 30th year. Wow. 30th of episodes. Year. That's fantastic. Which And Dan, you'll appreciate this. Uh, we have 75 million listeners. Wow. Yeah. How many listeners per podcast? Oh, uh, you know, like five. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's a weird number with 30. It doesn't really equate, but 30. Uh, that was 10 years ago for uh, for me. Yeah, that's great. Right? Um, so we're going to start. We got we got a few of us here. Uh, okay, I already introduced myself because that I said I'm Jared. Welcome. Who do we got on the show today? Uh, I'm Greg. Last name Parker. First name <laughs> Dane. Last name Williams. It's me, Wes. What's up, Wes? Wesley. Wes. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for Wes to do that. One of these. You're just going to like, what's up, motherfucker? Yeah. We need to get Wes shit-faced drunk for one of these and then see what happens. That's a, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll try that. We won't advertise that we're fully shit-faced, Can but we'll just do Is it. that not legal? I don't know. It just doesn't show very strong responsibility, Greg. Mm, yeah. As the brewery owner. No, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I, for some reason, I used the term shit-faced earlier this morning, and it just tickles my funny bone. Would I love it, that would, term. You know, I'm going to use that as a segue point, because uh, the beer we're drinking today is from Stoneface, so oh, yeah. if I get shit-faced on Stoneface, <laughs> yeah. God, this is fantastic, This is a real contradiction. Yeah, so this is a beer that uh, our, our, our for, former uh, tr- uh, podcast trivia host, uh, Alex, brought, uh, brought to us, um, and it's been sitting for a while, so we stuck it in the fridge. Full finally clip. Aged. Yeah, it's finally aged. Yeah, yeah, it's an, an aged IPA. And if there's a beer you want to age, it's IPA. <laughs> Hops no really question. get better with time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, brewed in Newington, New Hampshire, 16 ounce can with a label, which is a uh, kind of a good format. I'm, I think we're gonna. Did you say Newington? I think that's a made up name mm-hmm. of a town. That's not a real town. Newington. Newington. And it's from New Hampshire. Yeah, so it's a. Uh, they, you know. they just ran out of news. They're like, New England. Yeah. yeah, we'll go with that. From New England. Yeah. So I'm just going to pour some. I'm going to make the wow. sound here. Look at that pour. Boy. It looks wow. like it looks like Hillary Clinton did that one. Whoa! It looks like just, a pantsuit or what? <laughs> no, somebody showed me a picture. She was trying to seem uh, common, and she was pouring a beer, and it was all foam. Oh, that's and, funny. And I said, in her defense, I've seen you know most people try to pour beer off a faucet and completely blow it. So uh, here's a little public service announcement: when pouring beer off of a beer faucet, it's full throttle or no throttle, nothing Amen. in between. And also, don't dunk the faucet in the beer. Right? Yeah, right. That is that's that a too. consumer I, space within that glass and you should not have your stuff there yeah, yeah. don't do it uh, you're welcome for that one i just i took took wes's advice and and he said just dump it straight straight in the straight in the jar vessel right in the vessel <laughs> I said, if you have time no that's your those are your words exactly uh, wes. that's right what are the benefits of doing that wes so this is how you'd want it if you had time like if you have time just pouring it straight down the middle letting the foam recede a bit and pour more in you actually get better head retention because of that right and hmm. uh, makes sense and fair- due to that you get better um capture and they're the, all the flavors aren't going to release as quickly so is there any truth to the uh to the theory that when you pour it like that it releases the co2 which makes it uh you can drink more and you don't get fuller quicker less less bubbly yeah releases that. is there any truth to that Wes? i well, maybe a little i don't know how much all right it's true like the quantity of co2 relevant to how full you get how quickly i'm not sure how much of an effect it has but to 
at least a little extent, I guess. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, she's probably just not eat four hot dogs every time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Beer day. It has to. Yeah. Like I love the, hot dogs. The twelve pounds of meat that you just ingested also. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll take a brisket for myself. <laughs> uh, speaking of head retention, this beer is retaining head like nobody's right. business. Right. Speaking of Hillary Clinton, <laughs> did they have? Um, <laughs> That's more of a Monica Lewinsky reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the, the great thing is, anybody that listens to this podcast, they don't know the reference you're talking about. That's true. It it's uh, not, way past enough. The, yeah, they're way past their age. Yeah, it's like way to, way to be culturally appropriate, guys. Yeah, you think so? So, Jared, do you are you uh, what uh, what are we looking straw color here? What what color are you D- getting? Don't ask me. Uh, so, because again, <laughs> I still have color. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Silver. Wes is getting really sophisticated with us. What's interesting is the color of mine and the color of yours is they're quite different, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Right, two different cans. Uh, These are actually the same beer. They're just the same putting beer. different beers. Ah, same that reminds me of a great program called Roulette. <laughs> I mean, Roulette. Don't don't screw it up, Dave. <laughs> that was the best program we've ever. Stoneface doesn't mess around. They, oh, because they get shit for guessing. Yeah. No, this is good stuff. Um, you know what I like about it too, Jared, is uh, yet another example of a wrapped label 16 ounce can. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you would. I knew oh, you would like it. It's fantastic. I'm surprised at how sweet this is it doesn't seem to have real much really much bitterness whatsoever yeah i'm gonna assume that the hop presence has diminished somewhat you think the desk aging program is (laughs) (laughs) just for anyone out there don't take what we say about this beer (laughs) yes the same as having this beer fresh that is a fact although the truth of the matter is i've drink this yeah, it's yeah. heavily. Yeah. I like the flavor of it for a reason. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I'm going to continue drinking it. That's good. Nothing Wait. says Thursday at 11:30 than a cold beer. Yeah, well, and which goes to the subjectivity of beer. You know, people like, get all worked yeah. up. Oh, this IPA should be this, that, or the other thing. Because of the desk aging program, uh, what I expected out of this, you know, I just I'd gotten rid of those preconceived notions. Who knows what it's going to be? And then I put it in my mouth, and I like the flavor. Right. So that's and what you really and I matters. talk about too is is uh, you know obviously you can judge beers to style, but everyone has their own individual taste preference and or uh, analysis of what it tastes like. Yeah. So if you like it, then you like it. Don't let somebody else tell you if you like that's it. That's right. Or not. Like you put ketchup on your spaghetti. One hundred percent. Or you put it on your hot dog. Right. Right. It's a, it's whatever it is. Hey, uh, can I can I real quick before you jump onto the next yeah. subject? Yeah. I want to draw some attention to our uh, I don't know fearless leader. If that he has a new pair of Sanucks. Yeah. Which, I, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. the old pair were had seen it all. Oh man, they I'm so great. sad. They don't make the ugly, gaudy colors anymore. For me. oh, you, they don't do the reggae colors anymore. As Tyson put it, uh, basement couch, <laughs> uh, yeah. which was perfect. Yeah. Wow, they were. De- it was definitely that. You just blew my mind by these seeing are substantially that. more comfortable now. That they don't have holes in the sole. Shocker. And actually, what uh, drew the line was so on the brew house uh, or the production floor, you have to have closed-toed shoes. So I went out there in my Sanux, which are closed-toed, but there was a hole in the bottom, and all the liquid immediately oh, seeped yeah. up through the bottom and got my entire. <laughs> But what? This is not really meeting the terms of the deal here. Not to mention, they probably smelled like uh, 
many of different al- analogies you could use. Yeah, my feet aren't terrible, but but you get beer yeah. seeping into that. That's not true. good. That's great. Uh, that was a worthwhile dis- distraction. Sorry, uh, that was... we also know how Dane thinks. Whatever he sees in front of him, I'm going to talk about. Fascinating. <laughs> I can't believe he <laughs> no, replaced him. I, noticed, I noticed that this morning. It was uh, I was going to comment, but then I'm like, yeah, I don't really care enough to comment. Uh, we'll save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got Seventy-five it. million viewers want to know that he yeah. got a new pair of Sunox. I'll be honest. Well, uh, I should also point out that these are only sixty-dollar shoes, so. You they're know, I'm not living the extravagant lifestyle. I just want you to know. That's good. Yeah. No, they're, I, I have to get a pair. I had a pair. They did the same thing, and then I just I never replaced them. Do they give money back to something? Like a, what, is there any kind of charitable uh, arm within Dude, the purchase? Like I don't have enough time to worry about that. No, uh, <laughs> here's a charitable contribution to Sunuk. Make some soles that don't wear out so quickly. That, they're the most amazing shoes, but uh, you should, A, sponsor this podcast, and B, get soles that are a little more durable. Well, okay. Well, speak, that's perfect, because we, we have lost our unofficial sponsor. Sponsor uh, with beer uh, brew band since yeah. they started their own podcast. Um, so rude! How so dare they take it? <laughs> so selfish of them. How, how dare they? So I just wanted to you know shout out to them to our seventy five million listeners. You go go take a listen to, to brew band's podcast. They release every Thursday uh, as well. Uh, I feel like we're just going to be duplicating content a little bit, but our perspective is unique. So no, that's yeah. good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, another article, Green Beer for Awareness. Um, this brewery, I got to pull up the article. Um, let's see, out of Toledo, Ohio. The algae bloom made by Maumee Bay Brewing Company. <laughs> Maumee? Maumee? How would you say that? M A U M E E. M A U M E E. Maumee. It's owned by a bunch of cats. Yeah. Also a cat Mom- food company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy, Mommy, uh, which relies on Lake Erie for its water, is a good conversation starter that reminds customers about toxic algae that shows up each year in the shallows of the Great Lakes. So they're they're tired of this happening to their the number one ingredient in beer. Yeah. So they made a beer uh, that looks like algae bloom um, to boost awareness to, to help shoulder that. Um, However, there's not a single picture of this beer no, I know. on that. That was my that was my number one takeaway. Like, I want to see this green beer. Right. I want to take. A Is look that what they it. suggested? That it looked like the actual algae bloom. Right. <coughs> yeah. And also, I just want to take a minute to be thankful that we don't draw our water from a lake. That just mm. seems, you know. Yeah. Like, what's the first thing you do when you swim in a lake? God, not put my mouth on the water, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I urinate in it. Yeah. Well, depending on the water temperature, I choose to warm it up a little. Yeah, like Chris? Warm it up, Chris? Yeah, that's right. Okay, good. Another um, cross-reference. Good work. and yeah, you know one's going to get that one, Dane. Uh, Jared, I'm just going to uh, go ahead and pop the uh, cherry on this one. So, um, the... I don't even know what that means. That, that is... Uh, it's an interesting. It's an interesting perspective. It's an interesting strategy. For me personally, uh, I think it's just another dog and pony show. I think it's something to draw attention, which they've clearly done because here you've got four guys in Ellensburg, Washington talking about it. Um, but uh, I don't know. For me, it's uh, really doesn't do much for me, to be honest. You, you're Are you indifferent. You hate the lakes thing? No, you know, I'm a big <laughs> lakes fan. Right, yeah. I just... I hate water. I <laughs> don't like the approach. Yeah, water's so boring. We need to put some shit in it, like algae. Yeah, it's called St. Patty's Day. You put green beer and Bud Light, call it good, right? Yeah, take a look at Chicago, right? Right, yeah. I don't know. What, what's, your, what's your feeling on VAO? Uh, so I look at it, and in context, there's there's another brewery that had a similar angle, right, where they, they had it. Uh, the brewery was called Santium Brewing out of Salem. It's a little more northwest. Hmm. Um, they lost $40,000 and spent another 5000 on a new filtration system. 
because the that water that they were the source water it was uh, the health department came out and said you know this is slightly toxic water and so they know we, we treat it but they they lost sales as a result of it so they improved their filtration system so there's real implications when when uh, water is not properly treated and the algae bloom comes into play right so I thought that was uh, that for me the the perspective is we do need to treat our resources as well as we possibly can so anything that brings attention to that is good yeah like if we pollute them we can't commercialize them <laughs> right so yeah. <laughs> how can you profit off something that has algae in it right yeah or we just lie and say that it is treated and get people sick and then well, create a medicine so that people feel better and then oh, yes. complete the loop on that well so the thing about um the beer is that algae would be killed in the process of making it which is right. why historically beer is safer than water mm-hmm. So here's a, a frustration, you know, where people are acting on emotion rather than science. Well, that's which is pretty rare these days. But um, I feel like um, that was a <laughs> shot across the bow on today's politics. Uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe just today's culture in general. Yeah, yeah that's, that's I true. feel it. So it's true. No, I'm afraid that's not the well, case. That that's an anomaly in thinking, though, right? I think I I yeah. wholeheartedly agree, and I think, but most people um, out there, they live emotionally. They live by their emotions, what they see and how they interact with the world. And so, I think we have to appeal the emotion, like this is dirty, sh- dirty ass water that we need to kind of take care of. Is this making you feel uncomfortable, Jared? One hundred percent. Not at all. Not, not at all. Get emotional. No. Any thoughts, Wes? Um. No, I think they should have called the beer dirty ass water. Though. <laughs> yes, excellent. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we were uh, contemplating making a beer called uh, Pirate Dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because a, a brewery in Olympia had someone actually describe uh, one of their beers as pirate dick flavored. <laughs> it tastes like pirate dick. I'm like, how do you know yeah. <laughs> what that tastes like? So, oh, I, man. actually, I met a guy that just got a job there and oh. he came from somewhere, uh, I was down in North Bend and he came from out Midwest somewhere and he said he'd worked at a brewery there and somebody had put on untapped and took a picture of the beer, which was supposed to be a brown ale, and he said clearly it wasn't our brown ale, but they had a one word description, and that word was diaper. <laughs> oh man. One word with so much depth of definition. Like <laughs> Jesus. It, Who are a, these bastards? I know. It's amazing the, the descriptions that people have. Uh, well, okay, so just to finish up on this article, and then we'll The last part of it. Oh, uh, Jared, so task oriented. Hey, we got to stay with it. I, I promised Dane we'd be out okay. of here in 45 minutes. Oh, that's good, but lunch. you gave me meat and cheese, so I'm good now. Okay, okay, good. Uh, so New Belgium, uh, it's part of the same article. They had they ran into an issue where they were they were supporting you know water rights within their area and uh, water uh, improvement projects, but it got really political because it was part of shutting down coal mines. And so they didn't mean to introduce the politics of like who thinks that's a political statement, but yeah, I think there's there are definitely some dangers, uh, potential back back uh, what's it called back backlash backlash, yeah. which it, you know I think. This is where I implore people to step back and, and when you have an impulse to react to something, ask yourself, you know, what was the intent? What, right. And and dig a little deeper before you just immediately go, oh, those a holes! How dare right. they? You know, all they were trying to do was protect clean water, which I'm I'm trying to find a reason why someone would object yeah. to that. You know? Yeah. 
yeah, so anyway. In, Except for Dane. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't care. He's like, mm-hmm. this is all marketing bullshit. It is. 100%. Uh, it's all another case of beer. Yeah. Um, okay, here's another article from Vine Pair. It's part of a, the two or three different topics, but the, the, the headline, the takeaway is beer should be more like wine. I will say the actual <laughs> yes. full title was beer should be more like wine and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. So, I, don't, wait, don't oh, wait, hold on a sec. Jared's only giving half the story. Oh, interesting. What? <laughs> <laughs> Which is another way of saying absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. yeah, Jared, you should be more like you and more like someone else, At and vice versa. versa. Yeah. What? What? I don't even. <laughs> so understand. remain unchanged. Yeah. But nothing. Be different. I actually. So there are some components of this article that I think were worthwhile because um, there's a couple points that I've thought about a lot before uh, just as far as even the branding of products and things like that uh, like one thing they pointed out was the competition and whether you think it's a highly competitive area or not between breweries versus wineries and distilleries <laughs> like that looking at um if, if brewers are seeing that as a huge place where they're losing uh, profits or something like that, it might be worth looking at what's in uh, your area of distribution. And if there's a lot of wine being sold, maybe it's worth looking at uh, kind of placing yourself in that wider marketplace in a certain way. And like... Uh, one good example is price competitiveness like a fancy looking beer is still a lot cheaper than a really expensive bottle of wine so you say you have like uh, a food aged sour ale that was then finished in wine barrels for six months See, that could still be like a 20, 15 to 20 dollar beer in a 750 mil bottle versus a really expensive wine being four or five times that or something like that yeah. so, uh-huh. uh, in that respect I think there's a lot to be said um, I also think that beer could take away from wine a couple other lessons like as far as uh, uh, most of the time in beer it seems like brands and singular products are kind of equated as the same whereas you look in the wine world and one wine producer might have certain labels and brands are more treated like an or like labels and those brands are treated more like an umbrella of products and there's not necessarily this always this exclusive linear alignment of one brand being one product so taking that label concept and you know one example I have seen in beer, for instance, is Great Divide. Like, they're Yeti beers. They're oatmeal stout. They have several different products underneath that one brand or label, however you want to call it. Oh, so several Yeti variations? Yeah. Uh-huh. What's that called, Dane? Mega brand strategy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the corporate talk. Wes, uh, well, you're going to get a written warning after this. You just <laughs> you just gave Dane all kinds of uh, fire. Oh, the, the AB uh, juices are flowing like you yeah. wouldn't believe over here. Uh, you know, one thing I'll, I'll say to you, Wes, in regards to uh, what you were talking about, um, you know, you look at the beer industry as a whole right now, and there's a... Um, there's almost a cannibalistic uh, uh, thing happening where macro beers are going after micro and micro is going after macro and there's this fighting within the category and then macro comes out and says 
we need to focus in on the beer category as a whole because we're Tell losing more peak cores. Yeah, I know. So, so <laughs> a lot like peak cores. This is this has been a problem that's been around for twenty years though. If you think about it, when you look at the beverage category as a whole from an alcoholic standpoint, you have three distinct distinct channels. You have beer, wine, and spirits. And so according to you it's 100% the truth <laughs> uh, and and I will and I will also say that you know 15 years ago when I was selling macro it was about romancing the beer like wine so at that point they were taking the cues how branding how the interaction how it was displayed the way wine was doing it was getting market share and getting consumer um, attention. Is that where Bud Light Rosewater came from? No, that would be uh, American <laughs> Ale. Yes. Just so you know, Bud, uh, Budweiser American Ale. Uh, no, but look at Stella Artois. Stella Artois was, was built off the foundation of a chalice. The chalice glass was the interaction from not only the on-premise to the off-premise, which is a classic, yeah. classic play right out of the wine book. Sure. Because yeah, sure. wine, wine, wine made it okay for... The casual wine drinker to have a Chardonnay glass, a Merlot glass, a Champagne flute, all of these different glassware, when in reality, you just need one glass. Yeah, the bottle. And, and it's not a shaker pint. <laughs> no, it's a Boone's bottle. <laughs> so it's a, so I think... It's a mylar bladder. <laughs> so I think... Uh, so yeah, I, I, th- I think there's a lot to learn from... Uh, I think the beer category has a lot to learn from the wine category. They've It's been a deep dive with those guys for 20 years plus right. because they've done it right. They continue to grow share. You look at the Pacific Northwest and you look, about, look at what was already taking place up here uh, in regards to the Walla Walla and Yakima Valley and all the grapes that were being uh, grown and, and, and uh, made into wine. You do those experiences, it's similar to going to Bell Breaker and going to some of these other breweries where they have the brewery at the source of the ingredients, just like the winery right. has at the source of the winery, right? It's it's about feeling, touching, smelling, hearing, doing the, the whole experience uh, makes the, the brand or the category that much stronger, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I, I, th- I think the thing that um, that I, I look at, so one of the arguments that this article supposes is that it does need to be a little little more fancy, right? A little more, mm-hmm. so, a little more sophisticated mm-hmm. in its approach. I think we have it. I, I also don't think this article really, um, or this statement isn't new. It's a, it's a statement that I, I heard when I went to the uh, Brewers Conference like four years ago about we should take a look at the wine industry. They've gone through these uh, distribution struggles. They've gone through it all. So there's a lot to be gained from and consolidation, right? Yeah, right. All of it. Um, so I, you know, I think there's I think there's something to be said. I the one thing about beer, I think over wine is it, at its core, it's it's meant to be a simple experience mm-hmm. to what whatever that is. And I think um, well, that's one thing I think why the vice versa is important right. in this title because I also hmm. do think that wine has some it, within the same breadth of what kind of lessons beer can learn from wine I think wine can learn some lessons from beer as far as not taking yourself too seriously mm-hmm. and being a little bit more uh easily approachable for the average consumer i mean there's within the wine category there's still a lot of trepidation from the average person i think is feeling people don't want to feel stupid and uh wine is can still be very confusing to a lot of people as far as what's what and things like that um 
and if you don't if you're not someone who's really into wine and has learned the different uh, kind of designations of things especially with every country practically having a different system of doing it there's a lot to be confused about and people just don't want to look stupid and I think there's even though beer has a lot of different kinds of beer and things going on it's a little bit more like you know here's what this is it's hoppy or it's dark and malty and things like that it's a little bit more really anchored in the basic flavors and uh, I'd say overall it's relatively more approachable to the average person than wine is so wine can definitely I think learn some lessons there from beer as well and just um yeah not taking yourself too seriously being just maybe a bit more not dumbing it down for people but finding a way to communicate what your product is without being super confusing and going over most people's heads yeah some some basic language yeah you know it's interesting in the store yesterday i saw wine in a can and it was a can that looks a lot like this beer that we're drinking right now and so i think there are wineries that are that are taking those uh uh cues you mentioned something else you know the basic flavor somebody sent me a meme yesterday and it was uh ipa it's the it's the pumpkin spice latte for the basic white <laughs> dude. <I just> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you know there's there's some truth to that too 100 percent. I, I disagree yeah well you always do <laughs> hey uh, that's because you're connexican not connexican is that an okay thing to say? well one ipa is a, it's a year round and it's 30 percent. pumpkin spice latte comes in you know for 10 percent of the, yeah. the but, year and it's got a surge and goes but away. i think when you look at the casual uh craft drinkers like oh yeah i'll have an ipa why well because that's what everyone says i should have versus though but it's I think, known and safe they don't want to look dumb right. like oh exactly. i ordered a brown ale like what are you doing with a brown ale you weirdo <laughs> yeah, right. uh, enjoying the malty deliciousness right. you bastard yeah <laughs> well but to the, to, to fill this point out i you know most people oh i think i'm gonna treat myself with a pumpkin spice latte right mm. so i don't i don't think it's uh, and you yeah. caught diabetes in the, in the mix. God, but, can I have some diabetes, please? Run around your Ugg boots. Hey, uh, Greg, was the 12 uh, ounce can, just to add on to your point about it going into a can, I believe that can is also called house wine, correct? Right. Well, that is one, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, this one said Oregon yeah, Pinot Underwood, or something. Oh, Underwood. They've been yep. pushing it a lot. Right. Yeah. No, Wes is paying close attention to this. You know, the one thing that about he this. Shot, he shotguns wine. <laughs> He's like, finally, it's in a can. Just stab it. (laughs) Go. Pairs well with Dirk's Pizza. (laughs) The thing that irritated me about this article is probably just because I was feeling defensive. I was like, oh, cool story. Uh, But it gives, you know, like, oh, it's going to be that simple. Let's just elevate beer because we said we want to, you know, like. I, I don't know. It's it's a pretty insurmountable task, if you ask me, because as you pointed out, beer works on all occasions. You know, you're not. I don't. Know, maybe some people do, but I, I would never drink a canned wine on a boat in the summer like that's just not happening but beer yeah, but in your chateau every time. after after a heavy day of snowboarding in my, in my brand new yeah, yeah your exactly. brand new Sinux, right? yeah. uh yeah you know i think and so really she the the author um i say she yeah it is cat um <laughs> that bullet was um, i got, got lucky there uh she was just summarizing what bart watson said from the brewers association yeah, yeah. so it's really cool dane's been practicing that ever since he went to wsu yeah. uh, uh, cat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Point I will. One more point I will make on Go. this subject uh, that I've said on this podcast before, but is worth repeating. I do think there is some concerted effort, uh, especially from the macro end of the beer industry, to kind of use uh, like some fear mongering as far as oh, wine and spirits are out to get you craft brewers. Right. We so got to unite. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas. <clears throat> I think that's in a large part the wrong framing and you need to look at it more as independent craft producers regardless of what their product is versus the opposite of that. So I think, you know, I would love to see collaborations and producers of wine and beer and spirits working together as in many cases they do, but even more of that. I think that's... If there's going to be some kind of team mentality, that that needs to be more of a team. We should make the, an alcohol graveyard where it's just we take all our products. It's that called an oatmeal cookies, right? And just put ESB it all together. Well, that, that's death. part of it. We need that. We need cider in there. We need to put some <laughs> wa- wine cider. Maker. Yeah, DSB baked out Irish bourbon death, pie, and then <laughs> yeah. some rosé just floated on top. <laughs> yeah, right. And like the graveyard. Let's do it. Five. <laughs> um, also called night train. You know, if you look at this from a historical perspective, you could interpret lots of things. One way I interpret it is the cycle of the industry. You know, it's like the commodification of beer. That's how we ended up with three major producers and then the subsequent craft resurgence. And, you know, they've said in there the 21 to 24 year olds aren't drinking near as much beer as their predecessors because it doesn't feel special and whatever. And, you know, is this is this part of the big cycle? And I think I think we're in the middle of it. I think you're right. So no no question. Uh, Okay, moving on. Because anything else you want to say? Please shut up. We got we got we got to stay on it. Um, it This is just really important. Uh, Dogfish had submitted a press release release that was my takeaway when i read this article actually i had to take the day off work when i saw that uh I, that was yesterday yeah and uh just to contemplate sam wanted to be heard weird weird no you know so i i appreciate the the media attention that has helped propel craft beer that he's he, you know i think he, he and his company have helped craft beer overall you can make that argument uh, yeah. But when I read the article, I'm like, okay, this. Is and just- I think he's a genuinely good dude. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that is true too. Um, uh, but one of the things that he's talking about is increasing how they distribute distribute their beer and their products in local markets. And so, besides the fact that they're going to use their, they're referring to their newly named the High Five program. Ooh, I saw oh, that I too. <laughs> vomited on myself. Yeah, my God. Damn. I, or I actually thought of how we could sue them. Right. Like, <laughs> naturally thought. Yeah, yeah. How do we well, leverage this to our benefit? Yeah. No, I think we don't sue them. We just force some sort of a partnership. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. We're just going to, you will help distribute our beer as well. Like, like, no, we'll just stop using the term. Like, no, 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 that's not what you're supposed no, to no, do. No, no, <laughs> Don't no, walk away from it. No, yeah. Um, so one one of the things they're doing, obviously, the big takeaway or the big point of this was the adoption of the for the full adoption of the Indie Seal, which is why I said this felt like a press release more than anything. Because yeah. they should. Why the hell is that newsworthy? Yeah, I know, yeah. Why should they be doing it? We just did what like four thousand other breweries have already done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, but they, you know, so they're they're giving local markets more control. And one of the big takeaways here was price. So they tend to be on the upper echelon of the price, the price point yeah. for all their packages. So they're saying they're giving more flexibility to the markets to adjust price down. Uh, however, the for me, the big takeaways, you notice the entire conversation was all about off-premise growth. Like, oh, I didn't there was that. very little, very little reference at all to the on-premise state. Which you know, that's when I kind of open it up to, to the group here. Is like, what do we think uh, in general about growth? Dogfish head, uh, Wes's shoes. I don't, you know. My first 
the the thing that stood out to me mostly was uh, the Dogfish Head's creativity, the oh, yeah. way that they continued to innovate in their marketing and, and present in new and interesting ways. I forget the program specifically, but um, yeah, I just they've never come up short on a different way to approach a market. Right. And it's I impressive. mean, the partnership with Kodak and, you know, shooting a year long documentary with the sun on God, the boat. had your name. Written uh, yeah, all I, know. Over it. I know. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the former part of me, but like just the experience that they're going to get out of that and having that partnership really good for them. Right. I think it's, well, and I think too, you nobody at, told them Kodak's out of business, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll partner with you. <laughs> we have 10,000 cameras to sell. Yeah. You know, the other thing there, Jared too, is, uh, I think that's fascinating is that, uh, you know, we talk about market share and we talk about styles that fit within it and IPA being 35 plus percent within IRI. They're making a, their second <laughs> flagship brand, a session sour, right? Where does that fall in the IRI scale of percentage of market share? Less than 1%, okay. I would v- venture to guess. Yeah. Um, Although the increases they're having on it are remarkable. Right, which tells you that uh, sometimes... <laughs> A lot of the time, it's good to follow the data and, and make sure that that validates what you should do, or sometimes it's completely outside of the box and hope to hell that it sticks, because yeah. I would have never guessed the Session Sour would, would create the, the, the return that they've been able to see. And did you see it? So, did I understand? 56% year-to-day growth on off-premise? Yeah. 56% with Dogfish Head. Right. That yeah. No, that's good. You know, and, and I, 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 I'm always reluctant to get caught up in percentages, because I don't know what the baseline is, right? 56%. Yeah of nothing is, is still well, nothing. But we're talking about dogfish head, not, Amen. You know, right? not. not us. Uh, no, I agree with you. Uh, but no, I think it's good. I think the other piece that I, that, uh, I enjoyed seeing is uh, you talked about the customization of the local effort. Uh, not only was it a pricing uh, initiative, but it was also a brand initiative, right? right. So yeah. they would look at a marketplace and say, hey, we know that these three brands make more sense for that specific market where uh, you know three or four states away, that might not be the case there we'll give our salesmen the autonomy to go and, and sell the customer the best product to fit their sure. mold, right? I think that's great. Uh, you know, when you look at the macro approach, it's it's forcing it down, um, which is not good for the industry because right. then obviously it sits on the shelf. It's bad beer. It's just a horrible, horrible uh, scenario for, for the category. Um, what else did I miss on, out of that? Uh, they were local. They were tactical. But you're definitely working hard to make sure you hit all the bullet points. Yeah. Yeah, I was, you know, it's, you got to dry your <laughs> to do it. it is 2019 planning time. I'm going to start yeah. to cross-reference our information, make sure we're doing it right. Well, to use a 2014 reference, uh, if, to read the tea leaves on this one. Um, nice. Yeah. The... The fact that they're the, the pricing is is decreasing yeah. just speaks to that pr- prior article where right. uh, you know are, it's not we're not to the commodification of beer yet but man this all feels like it fits into the same cycle. Uh, right. I, I think we, we you know they have to and they, they look at it in in different places you know I think the comparison they made with Lagunitas and yeah. their, their IPA like five to one or six to one yeah. in yeah. terms of sales and like well. You're also 20% higher, or whatever that number was. Well, and so, I think I'm sure there's no advantage to being in the network of the global right. mega conglomerate. That's, <laughs> None. That never so, matters. No, no, yeah. not at all. No, I think Greg and I uh, saw this in some meetings a while back where the approach was to have brands that fit in, call it three or four different price buckets. Um, so I think Dogfish 
takes draws attention to that that yeah they might be dropping their price on on a couple of their packages to stay competitive in different price buckets they still have their high-end package which is generating um you know great sales and 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 revenue to the bottom line but they want to be able to play in all the buckets which is i think a, a smart way of doing it i think when you start to see the price gouging just dropping your price because you're not producing volume anymore that's when it is uh is a is a is a bad end of days bad coming, position yeah. to be in yeah they're just being tactical thank you for giving me hope yeah Man, that yeah. was yeah. good and for someone like doc Michette, i mean there's such a they're on such the large scale end of the industry at that point mm-hmm. you, especially when you're on in that segment you have to kind of start saying where if you're still looking to grow and increase profits where where can we uh, like add on to what we're already doing? Where can we increase and expand our strategy? So if you've already, which is kind of unique to them, if you've already really set yourself, submitted yourself in the high end, uh, segment of that market then where else are you going to go and continue to do that but also do other things well then you have to go to a lot lower price point as far as yeah the there's only so many yacht owners you can target so i think they have <laughs> right. to go back the other way wes yeah. you're working yourself into an office job yeah, with these insights yeah, here so nice. good. i was looking for a successor maybe it's yeah, you it's wes <laughs> um Anything else you guys want to talk about, Dogfish Head? No, I think it's good. I think I think what they're doing is is fantastic, and uh, it's fun to see other people and what their strategy is. Have you noticed? Sorry, fantastic is trending real hard. I, I keep trying to I, slow I, down my too. use of it, but mm-hmm. I made fun of myself when Nicole was uh, looking at the last podcast getting posted. I'm like, count how many times I said fantastic. <laughs> oh man, I think it was like a hundred. Really? Yeah. Did she count? No, she gave oh. up because it got too tiring. She's like, well, what an asinine I'm going to start saying fantabulous. <laughs> yeah, no, please it's don't. Stupendous. Yeah. Stupendous. Amazing. Why is it that some words all of a sudden just become so potent and you just want to use them constantly? Yeah. And they weren't, you know, two years ago. It makes no sense. I, I don't know. It's kind of like a beer style, Greg. It, you tell yeah. me. It's peachy, right? Ooh, peachy. <laughs> Let's go with that. Very Brady Bunch uh, of you. Okay, uh, moving on. The uh, To better serve small brands, Massachusetts Beverage, Beverage Alliance launches homegrown distribution um so a quick takeaway on this is the in massachusetts they've they've created a boutique distribution arm to help with the the smaller uh vendors smaller uh producers thank you uh to to get their products in in front of the the retail establishments here's the quote i took away from this um the vision for homegrown is to be similar to a subscription model offering products to a select number of retailers uh, the plan is to go deep instead of wide with its selective, tight, local, northeastern uh, portfolio brands. So, the whole the, for what, what caught my eye was the subscription model and how that's um, legal. Really, that was my first question. Right. You well, it I mean? sounds to like me like it's, it's in quotes, so loosely it's not, interpreted. Yeah. For me, if I'm a small producer and um, and distribution is what I'm trying to do, that sounds amazing. Right. Uh, because you've got. Yeah, you've got the consistent, theoretically consistent distribution channel and, and attention to it. And you're not, you know, I think the days of trying to go wide scale distribution are, are, well, the easy days of it are gone and challenging days are here. Yeah, yeah I uh, think that aspect is not really unique to this. I think there's a lot of people learning that lesson in a lot of different examples across the industry as far as that 
uh, mile deep an inch wide is better than a mile wide an inch deep kind of thing because which take example, except for math like it's yeah. the same but it's the same right <laughs> sure, and actually you sure. have more surface area to spread out yeah yeah and you can but visit you more at, areas like, of the place the other end of this like example on the other end of the spectrum like green flash and things like that where yeah. there's course. uh companies and brands just trying to push out as far as they can possibly spread themselves. Now you have to bring real life scenarios into it, Wes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's a, Wes will always try to bring practical elements, and, it's, yeah. and it, I'm quite I'm, I'm fucking sick of it, Wes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jared, uh, or Wes, all you just say is Texas. Texas is right <laughs> yeah. now is a great example. There, I think there was four or five breweries that just within the last six weeks pulled out of Texas because of uh, they went with the uh, inch deep, mile wide, and learned that Texas, they, they were just killing themselves trying to get there hmm. yeah when you're stretching yourself that thin on a more person-to-person basis you're not able to invest enough energy and resources into certain territories and things like that when you're when yeah when you're spreading yourself way too thin is that what drew you to iron horse you said look at these guys distribution strategy this is really what i align with that's exactly. <laughs> uh, that I, ca- I call thing. bullshit on that one. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else. And nothing yeah. to do with the fact there was a job opening or anything else. Like, Proximity. Yeah. And like I can walk to my work. <laughs> so, Jared, let me ask you this, though, yeah, in which, regards to the I subject. tried to give Wes a ride the other day, and he's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, he likes to walk. I've and given him a ride. He maybe he doesn't want to get in the car with your ass. Right. You ever I know about that. I did. Well, I did think about it because I knew you had given him a ride, and I was like, I, here I see Wes running, and he's in nice clothing, uh, on his way to a party. As I found out, I pull over and Wes. Hey, you need a ride? Uh, no, I'm pretty close. I'm on my way to party. I'm good. And I was like, are you sure you don't want to? You know, you want to sweat up these clothes? And he's like, I got this. Right. So it didn't help that there was a, a cloud coming out of your car. Thank you. I was going to say, I'd rather sweat up my clothes than have my clothes smell like fart and corn nuts. I was like, that's the difference. Oh, this ball gag is just a, it's just, an, it's an ornament for my rearview mirror. I don't know why you're. It smells like low tide in here. No, hey, getting back to We're down uh, to ten thousand listeners. Now. Oh, that's fantastic. Good. We've got to the fart. But the right state. ones. Yeah, but the right, right ones. That's right. Paul Flart. Um, <laughs> Your question. So, oh, yeah. So so getting back to uh, – oh, my question to you, Jared, is how is this model different from uh, the Tavor, which is uh, is, a, is a subscription-based out of – Well, it's, still, Seattle, it's right? still a real distributor. Yeah. yeah so, say, well, a sub-jobber. They're not selling to the individual consumer, right? So, so I, no. No, no, no. They're dis- distribution. In fact – So I think we know of, who read the article and who didn't. Part of the arrangement is that it's <laughs> – so 1,300 uh, SKUs are going to transfer to Homegrown, but it's still operating as a DBA of under MBA. So – it, it is this just kind of like to help these uh, smaller producers feel better about that? And it's like we're going to focus your group. It's still under the major distribution group, and so you're, we're still going to help you prioritize. Your group is prioritizing craft, which is important, but as a collective, as part of the uh, the big umbrella organization. Which in one way it's cool, you know. Hey, in another way it's like, oh, here's a fuck job for you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. You're not getting out of any contractual obligations. No. We're gonna, still going to take some profit right. on it, but we'll right. spin off some little things so you guys right. can yeah. maybe have a snowball's chance and in hell. And then let me add this dynamic, yeah, which is uh, it's called reality. Uh, so you're telling me there's going to be retailers, and I, and I'll granted I'll take a step back and tell you that I don't know the most about the Ma- Massachusetts or even the Boston metro uh, market. I'm, a, I'm an 
expert, actually. Okay, so, Jared, you being the expert, <laughs> you tell me how there once, many buyers bit. these, uh, how many how many different wholesalers these buyers want to see on a yeah. weekly or month-to-month basis, right? Yeah. It, 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 I've got news for you. It's not, it's it's going to be very, very challenging to I'd get say it to work. I'd say it completely depends. Did they spin off all the shit heels that right. they didn't want? And they're like, oh, these breweries suck balls. We don't want them. Right, right and, but we still want to get their money. Yeah, right. so they give it to this, you know, subsidiary, and now they're going to walk in and go, we don't because if they have like one or two brands that are hot as hell and they right. need or really want then right. it's going to work but if they didn't get any hot brands it's going <laughs> right. to be right. oh those guys yeah you can just keep on going right well and then not to mention they're going to they're going to lump them all into that to that category and how do you how would you become the the top of mind awareness brand when you walk in and this guy's got a book of 60 smaller brands <laughs> right same way that we do it right, right. you have to have you have to have people on the street doing your thing yeah yeah i I don't know i it'll be interesting to see if that works yeah well that's something that no was none of us are going to pay attention to and never follow up on so (laughs) hey unless brew band post about it and then we'll know (laughs) so you're a listener yeah Yeah. if you're interested put a little google calendar reminder for yourself to check on this because we want us please when jared listens to the brew band podcast and they talk about it i'll I'll follow up guys i'll follow up it's like i need a road trip i got some brew band episodes to catch up on (laughs) that's right hey speaking of do we have any uh uh listener questions no, we haven't. Not not since the uh, homebrew question, which was like four episodes ago. God, you guys are killing it on this thing. Hey, shut up, Dane. Hey, what about? Uh, Shit, don't we have something coming up with uh, Mocha Death? Try to be positive. That we want to talk about. We do, but first, I'm wondering if you guys have heard of the sport uh, foaling. Oh yeah, you know what? You, it, it's very popular in the Midwest. Is it, well, is that because you read the article? <laughs> well, I've never heard of that. Shit. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? It's fantastic before, though. What a sport. Before I read the article, <laughs> I thought it was called fouling. So did so I. Did I like, yeah, I do that all the time in soccer basketball yeah. you get yeah. five of them and you're out of the game yeah <laughs> fouling so, so for our listeners i thought it was when beer went bad or something right, right. or or when you go bird hunting poop. you thought it's it was fouling did you yeah. think it was felching i think maybe <laughs> oh, oh god so uh so really nope. really quick it, it looks like it's uh bowling set on cornhole boards using footballs right that's kind of the that's the break of it and it was invented. isn't this basically like the what is that basketball movie right right exactly. <laughs> just, just make yeah. something up and call it legit. I, I think it's fa- what's amazing. I almost said fantastic. I didn't yes. say. Yeah. I mean, I just but did you that. did. I just did there. You almost said the f word. We have a new f word. Yes. Dang it. Uh, well, what's incredible is that so the, these two guys did it when they were tailgating, yeah. and then they turned it into this thing. Yeah, where, drunk where, innovation. Where hundreds of people come to this big warehouse and they play, and there's and then of course there's 120 beers on tap or 180 beers on tap uh, between that. So. What a cool experience. And I'm like, all right, I think we probably should introduce this to the mm. Pacific Northwest. Mm. Well, Tyson found this other thing um, that I think is cooler. It looks like if you took a snowboarding half pipe and you just, and much smaller, and uh, laid it flat. And so like a place of plywood? I mean, that's what a half pipe is. And then if you lay it flat. It's no, uh, no, no, I mean, rather than on a slope. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So it still has the half pipe shape. Oh, gotcha. Okay, but it's a skateboard half pipe then. <sighs> but if you think about the difference between a skateboard half pipe and a snowboard half pipe, what's the difference, Dane? It's besides on snow flat ground versus the hill and the length. Because uh, a skateboard half pipe, you can pump and maintain your speed. A snowboard half yeah. pipe, you need descent. You need Anyways, so I'm distance. trying to describe this well, yeah, to people. Yeah, because one has dumb. wheels and the other doesn't. Genius. <laughs> well, that's part of this, this situation. I think it's also resistance. Um, <laughs> Uh, friction you ever heard of that <laughs> fuck stick uh, but I'm trying I'm trying that's to lay a, this that's out a good, that's a good one that's a good <laughs> word by the way yeah. 
I, I credit you for that, Jared. <laughs> it is a good one. Oh, spit it out, Tommy. What are you trying Jesus to say? Christ. Jesus. So it's it's a it's a longer field, is what I'm saying. Gotcha. So think of it like bocce ball in a oh, in yeah. a half yeah. pipe, if you will. <laughs> And then, so you have to try to toss the balls so they they slope up on the side and then get around obstacles and then hit something else. It's something that's been played for hundreds of years in Belgium or something. Hmm. And, you know, I think it's more interesting than chucking a football. I'm on the eve of 40 years old and. Your rotator cuffs are sore. Yeah, exactly. I got to sleep on the shoulder. football when you were 18. What makes you think you That's because my dad was an old dad and he was always (laughs) throwing underhand. I was like, Dad, that's not how you do it. And he's like, That's how I do it. It's so depressing. I'm going to be that for my dog. Jared, if you look at that, Jared, if you look at that uh, image from the from the article and you see the football on the left, that football looks like it was coming in underhand. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, or that person does not ha- know how to throw a football because right. that is sideways. What a dill hole. But is it, though, the, it is the right way if your goal is to knock pins down right. because your surface area is grander yeah. than if it was a spiral. Oh, he's right. throwing it oh, sideways. Yeah, like, so if he's throwing it like this, like underhand. Like, I'm just yeah, thinking like about this. that drives me crazy. Oh, I love it. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> it's fantastic. an opportunity for two sports. And I think, you know, so it sounds a little bit like um, ski ball, but with a little bit more element to it. Is that maybe mm-hmm. part of the description? Yeah. I would. Uh, Greg's description is like, uh, it's like uh, miniature golf with a bocce ball going around the clown's mouth. No, no, no. Using the undulation to get yeah. to the hole. Are you talking about Happy Gilmore now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Please watch that again. All right. Uh, Jared, else? I like the sport, just so you know. Yeah. I, I well, think it would be fun. I think we should try to bring it here. Or I just think, a bunch. you know, whatever. What's the yeah. point? People are always making up some new right. fucking Why thing. Not? What difference does it make? Well, I'll tell you what it does. It, it, it today, gone tomorrow. keeps somebody here new, right? And it gets them to do what at the end of the match? Drink beer. Oh, I thought go home and go to sleep. <laughs> that was the rule number one, I think they said, was right. if you're not drinking, you're cheating. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, hats Which, off to them for that. Right? Yeah, like cornhole rules are you can't throw unless you have a drink in your hand. Yeah. So it encourages consumption, which is beer sales. That's the segue right. to our next podcast episode. Shit-faced. <laughs> Shit-faced. Uh, On stone-faced. Mocha death in stores. We're running a little campaign. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so She's got a uh, face for radio. So that's, and I do have a face for radio. Uh, we're running a campaign uh, where you can win a kegerator. So I just wanted to encourage our listeners to take a look at, go to a grocery store in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Dane, are we, are we pretty much fully distributed now in our distribution area and where is that can you give us some guidance yeah jared dane here <laughs> uh no so we've got thanks uh, for calling we're in gonna, buddy we're gonna have uh yeah we've got a lot of activity uh all of your key retailers that uh that are in the pacific northwest being washington idaho montana uh, will be carrying the six pack uh 12 ounce can of mocha death as well as the 22 ounce bottle um and uh yeah i feel very good about it uh, the availability is going to be out there um and the pacific northwest toolkit will be a part of the october October programming, October first to the thirty first. Right, and uh, online there's uh, you can go to mochadeath.com. God, you are so good. <laughs> do we really have that? URL? We do. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I try to register every URL possible, including uh, Ellensburg Brewing Company. Log. Well, <clears throat> Greg and I were talking one a uh, few years ago, and uh, I log on to myface.com. We still have. Was it, Remember yeah, that with Chris. Really? You wanna, yeah, and log on to myface. Yeah, we're like, let's out. let's make let's, let's so see that. <laughs> It's the next social network. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I registered that domain on the fly while we were drinking i think that's what that's what happened there but i'm surprised uh, somebody hasn't offered to buy it from you right. nobody wants that besides what uh, who wants a log on their face a <laughs> yeah. log on yeah <laughs> is that pooping yeah that's right 
Uh, is there anything else you want to say, Wes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about pooping. Poop. Poops. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, Mofi Death and 22s, and th- so here's something, uh, go- again, going with emotions rather than science. I, I drank a, a Lifeline Bars out of the bottle the other day, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, and more than out of cans. So, mm. while well, Greg, you're not helping our argument that it doesn't taste different. I, oh, I know, and it, it shouldn't, and it doesn't. Um, Could you tell me two things? But I also know that our margins on 22 are, are higher, <laughs> are so, you know, why not? By Could you tell me two things? Yeah. Um, Maybe. What were you doing when you were drinking the 22-ounce Life Behind Bars? I don't know. You, and what you were you doing the last legally. time you were drinking a 12-ounce can of Life Behind Bars? I feel like there was some emotion that were connected to the, uh, the consumption <laughs> of behavior <laughs> because you love the cans. So you must have been do. doing something really, really fun. On I'm going to do some uh, – I probably hadn't had a drink for many days. There you go. Uh, yeah. I think there's some emotion. I'm going to do some soul-searching over the next few See if I can get the answers to that question. Please, thank we'll, you. We'll, and, if you and if you're interested, email podcast at ironhorsebrewery.com. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think. Other than that, we're going to get out of here. Uh, Sign off. Say whatever you guys want to say. We're going to say you hang up first. You hang up. No, No, you you hang hang up. You hang up. Hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses. (laughs) Thanks, JV. Okay, bye.